Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! Alright, so come on down to wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. All right, Matt, I want to start with by asking you, are you familiar with Amazing Stories at all? So I knew the name. I don't think I've ever watched an episode of this. Okay. But I knew, you know what? Actually, let me just be, I, I had heard the name before, but I knew nothing about it really. Okay. Because you sent me this and then I looked into it and everything I looked up was just, what? Like, yeah. I could not believe what I was reading. So my knowledge of Amazing Stories is a VHS tape that I cherish very dearly um, and I've talked about this on so many podcasts I don't remember if I brought it up on this one but there was a TV special that my mom taped for me that I still have the VHS tape called the Museum of Television and History presents science fiction throughout the years and it was this two-hour Fox special that was hosted by William Shatner Carrie Fisher Leonard Nimoy and Dean Cain about the history wow. of televised science fiction and it was like they did a segment about aliens and they talked about, you know, V and Alien Nation and, you know, a couple episodes of Star Trek and X-Files. Like it was right when the X-Files first started to air mm -hmm. for time for if, if Dean Kane didn't give you a, enough of an idea of what time solid marker in time. But we'll go <laughs> X-Files too, just to yeah really drive it home. One of the segments was like alternate realities or, or I, I can't remember what the specific, but they used a bunch of scenes from amazing stories and from what i got it wasn't so much a sci-fi show it wasn't so much a horror show really it was a firmly fantasy anthology series like for the most part whereas like the twilight zone and tales from the crypt you were supposed to be horrified by the end of the episodes you were supposed to feel joy of some nature whether it was that you were laughing or that like it ended on a beautiful wholesome final Final note. Um, I remember the one specifically was like uh, a World War II plane that was like in the air, but like the landing, the, there was like a situation where they got hit and the guy who was in like the gunner pit 
was trapped in there. They couldn't get him out, and they had also lost their landing gear. So they were trying to figure out what to do because no matter what, if they tried to land, they were going to crush this guy who was in the gunner pit. Mm. Um, and he happened to be an animator, so he drew a picture of the plane with these giant cartoon wheels and was like, look, I'm begging you to try to land one more time. And then all of a sudden, these giant cartoon wheels come out from underneath the plane, and they land safely, and he gets out of the gunner pit, and then they tear up the paper, and the cartoon wheels disappear, and the plane crashes. Like, And it's like, okay. oh, he saved it. Like, wow. It's like stuff yeah. like that, where it's like, oh, that's just kind of like fun, feel-good fantasy. Yeah. This was the last episode ever aired of Amazing Stories, which is Mrs. St- Miss Stardust, which was so- directed... By Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper <laughs> directed this. So for people who watch, who listen to this show, who don't know about, you know, the like movies, horror world, Toby Hooper is the guy who made the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. And he, is a horror legend. He has made two of my favorite horror films of all time because he made the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre and he also made a movie that uh, most people haven't watched for whatever reason called The Fun House that is also a fucking incredible slow pace horror yeah. movie but this dude is like in the same conversation as like a george romero a john carpenter a Wes craven like a dude who yeah. is just he was the king of horror for a specific time period the fact that he did this borderline live action looney tunes movie i mean it, it, this is insane but then i went back like so because i saw toby hooper and i was like holy shit this is so crazy but then looking at the show, I mean, this show was was created. Amazing Stories was created by Steven Spielberg yes. for television. Um, Steven Spielberg wrote and directed a couple episodes, uh, more than a couple. I mean, se- season one, he basically wrote most of um, himself. And then if you go down the list of directors for this show, directed by Steven Spielberg, Bob Balaban, Burt Reynolds, Bob Clark, Clint Eastwood. This is 85, 87 Martin Scorsese, yeah. uh, Danny DeVito. Yeah, I mean, it, it is big names. But Robert Zemeckis. Uh, I, I cannot believe the uh, Brad Bird. There's. I'm scrolling through it right now because yeah, you're right. There's the the amount of like established. This is names. like super huge name A list stuff um, that this show was comprised of, and it ran two seasons and was kind of a flop. Yeah. Apparently it did not do well and it got canceled. I don't think 87 was a good time for anthology shows, honestly, because it wasn't until if this had came out, the last episode airs in 87, right? And then in 89, they launched Tales from the Crypt on HBO. I think that if this had came out in 90, like when people were like, oh, I get it. Like like it had been so removed from like Twilight Zone and Outer Limits, which was clearly like the vibe that they wanted to yeah. catch like a more lighthearted Twilight Zone Outer Limits type show. Exactly. Um, yeah. I just think it was lost on audiences because I think this was around the exact same time they tried to do the new Twilight Zone and it also bombed pretty quickly. I guess, yeah, I guess it just was not in the culture. I mean, I'm even looking at like the theme music was composed by John Williams. Yeah. <laughs> who, of course, is a friend of Spielberg. But yeah. like, dude, the opening, I mean, <laughs> the opening to Amazing Stories is okay. fucking wild. The opening credits. <laughs> Guys, listen, you have to watch the opening credits to Amazing Stories. This episode is out there. I mean, we found this online. If you Google this episode, you will find it. It's on a it's not on YouTube. It was on a 
different. Daily motion. Daily motion. Daily like, motion. You got to sit through some really poorly placed ads, like mid sentence. But exactly, it also is up there with the uh, image reversed, yes. presumably to make sure it doesn't get taken down for copyright purposes. So I'm saying it's like a maybe a dicey or slightly dicey uh, uh, upload of this, but. Um, I, you can probably just find on YouTube the opening credits to Amazing Stories. It is the most glorious '80s CGI experience. It starts with cavemen telling stories, <sighs> and it's supposed—I guess it's just supposed to depict like storytelling's been around since the dawn of man. But like, it is so. And crazy. then it turns into this like the worst-looking CGI, like a clip art robot. <laughs> like, move. It, it is absolutely amazing and it's really long like the opening credits run for it felt like two minutes or I was gonna so say, this is only credits, a was, 27 minute long episode and the credits are absolutely uh two minutes of it for sure those credits not to downplay al's presence in this episode but the credits might have been my favorite part i was i was <laughs> nervous because the first like six minutes i'm like ooh, did i pick something that al like shows up for like one minute and like yeah. But yeah, man, yeah. once he shows up, he's there, baby. Uh, so, so the plot yeah. tells this guy who like, I guess he's like, what is he like an executive? Like, I, I can't quite place what his actual job is, but he's hired to put together the Miss Stardust competition, which is just supposed to be another type of Miss Universe beauty talent show. I think he's supposed to be like a promoter. Yeah. Like, so like he's, he's promoter. putting on yeah. this event. He's putting on a yeah beauty pageant. And he's just like responsible for putting on this show in some way. He's not the host. Yeah. And the framework is that he's drunk at a bar telling this story to the bartender. To the bartender. Who, who is like a captivated audience to this story and keeps he basically it it's implied through the wraparound segments that if he's making up the story, he could be making up the story. If he is, he's using the captivative nature to get free drinks. Like he's yes. like, if you want to know more about the story, you're going to have to give me another round on the house. <laughs> like, like you'll say things like that. So he's putting together this Miss Universe style show called the Miss Stardust competition. And that's when out of nowhere, the cabbage man shows up. And this is Al in an all green suit with literally like this full face prosthetic head that is like cap it like it's like a leafy substance that is moving like as he's talking like be it because the the prosthetic isn't glued down tight enough so it's flopping around or because they put something in there to make it move but like his head is constantly got some some stuff flopping around and yeah Al, it's a nice little effect actually yeah and Al sounds like a VeggieTales character the entire time he's talking. He is like the most high-pitched, nasally voice he's ever put on. High-pitched, nasally, with a little bit of grit to it. He's like, ah, ah, yeah. ah, like it's that kind of a thing. And every movement he makes is accompanied by like Hanna-Barbera Looney Tunes level sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it it's, is. It's he so turns strange. around and it's like, whoop, yeah, like, like everything, yeah. Every it's motion. so strange. And I'm watching this being like, I don't know what this is. I have no, like I read the one line plot description on wiki before I decided to put this on our list. But I was like, all right, what are we going to get? Like the makeup on Al looks good, but it's not blowing me away. I'm like, this could be bad. We got to jump to when this apps, when they actually start the pageant, <laughs> the pageant. I, and actually just to set it up really quickly, because this is, 
Oh, yeah. I'm going to even say what Al's there for. I have yeah. the synopsis right here. So it is, a man named Joe Willoughby tries to promote a beauty pageant called Miss Stardust, but things turn difficult when a strange alien known as the Cabbage Man comes to Earth as a representative of an organization that he claims owns the rights to that title. Rather than resolve the matter through the legal system, the Cabbage Man instead threatens to destroy the planet. And then the the agreement to not destroy the planet is you have to let some of our competitors from different planets also be part of yes. this contest. Yes, he wants three three uh, contestants of his choosing from to the, join from the From our solar system. From like our you, solar system. So, yes, that's specifically mentioned, of course. So we get to the pageant. And it starts off with, of course, a woman playing an accordion, <laughs> because why wouldn't she be? A woman playing an accordion, playing Stars and Stripes forever, <laughs> while dressed as like Uncle Sam, but like a like you know like a beauty pageant, like bikini Uncle Sam vibe, basically. Yeah. And playing that on the accordion, it's like, okay, sure, we had to get an accordion in there. I understand. And at this point, I'm just like, this is fun. This is strange. Not really won over by anything just yet. Cabbage Man comes back. Cabbage Man says, all right, you need to show our three contestants. And then we see Miss Mars. And this is like the creepiest, craziest puppet I've ever seen. Just like bopping around on like a stick. It's like a stick marionette puppet that they have like bouncing around. It is, you have to, like I can't do, words cannot describe it. It is amazing who's i guess like is sort of dancing to music that actually for whatever reason i don't know why they did this it sounds like almost oddly indian music yes like it has a very like sitar like quality to it and this insane alien creature is just like yeah like half floating half dancing to this and the audience is not impressed not impressed so then they're also not phased by the alien, by the way. No There's one no, is phased no by reaction the to the fact that this is an alien that has emerged from the stage and is clearly not a person, but they're just like unimpressed with the routine. Then they bring out Miss Venus, who looks like one of the creatures from The Giver. If you've ever seen the 1990 film The Giver starring, I have never seen Mark the Giver. That's Hamilton. so funny. That just came up with friends. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's okay. a bad movie, but it's a great it movie. Yeah. But she is playing a harp inside of a giant clam. Um, and she's got this weird, like, it's almost like I guess like borderline like a slug type creature playing this harp. And again, like you said. No one's phased by it being an alien, and they're very underwhelmed. <laughs> well, by the, this the audience for this one is actually clapping a little bit more. Yeah, like when when Miss Mars finishes, it's like just dead quiet. And then this one, as she's playing, it seems like she's winning over some people. Yeah, no. And oddly, Al seems annoyed. He's annoyed sorry, that they're not getting Cabbage enough respect. Man. Cabbage Man is like Cabbage Man is not happy and is insisting the that the they audience... have to win. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then finally, we get Miss Jupiter who kind of looks like a weird blend of Hammerhead and Jar Jar Banks from the Star Wars universes, just doing like opera, and the mouth is not moving remotely. Not even a little bit. <laughs> not even a little bit. And she, yeah, it's like Jar Jar is a good example. It's almost like a cross between the head of a fish and a horse. Yeah. It's but then with strange. like really skinny human arms. Um, it's and bizarre. she's singing opera, and this is the only one where actually she's, I mean... 
the it, audience the is being a little is, bit won over a little bit here. I, I sort of, yeah, yeah, but it's it's still not enough compared to uh, you know the stars, stars and stripes, stripes forever. There's <laughs> no way that they're going to beat her. And uh, Cabbage Man, yeah, is now insisting. He's like, look, he's like, first, second, and third place have to be my my guys or my girls. Um, we yeah, that's that's the deal. Otherwise, I'm going to destroy the planet. Earth. We've we've forgotten one thing actually. When Cabbage Man first shows up, he zaps away our main character's assistant, played by oh, Lorraine yes. Newman. <laughs> That's right. From SNL. This is where they get into an argument. So Cabbage Man and the promoter are getting into an argument. And this is where, A, I realize that Weird Al is actually just channeling Daffy Duck throughout most of his voice. <laughs> like he's he's doing like the lisp and the yell and everything. Yeah. Um, but they're having this argument. He will not pronounce it Earth. It's pronounced ETH. ETH people, which I thought he was calling us E people for a while, and then like yeah. they clarified. But he says they all have to win. <laughs> to which the promoter says they can all win. That's un-American. <laughs> which is some like Sam the Eagle level satire that I'm all on board for. Yes. And they're having this argument, and he says, I find all of you people hideous except hideous. for except for your assistant. She seems charming. And that's where this guy, he starts yelling, you find me hideous? Which I think is so funny <laughs> that he keeps saying it like that. You are all hideous. <laughs> yeah. But he comes up with a plan. And the plan is that he can make them first, second, and third, but he doesn't necessarily have to say what their prizes are. So all of the other contestants who don't win get all of these great prizes. And this is when he introduces that one of them wins a night on the town with Mr. Universe which just enrages Cabbage Man even more. Not even a night on the town, a month a in month, Greece. A month in Greece with Mr. Universe. A month in Greece, and it's like a surprise prize, and then this enormous like muscly man shows up, and everyone is freaking out. They are so I excited. Yeah. I just thought to myself, I'm like, man, if I like wanted a month away with a stranger, I'd be like, can I turn this down? I don't want to do this. Yeah, this no. is crazy. No, that's not what I want. But. No. Cabbage Man is if he was upset about the Miss Stardust, he's like, that man doesn't represent any of the rest of this universe. That is, <laughs> that is insane. Uh, we've you know it seems like it's going to continue anew. Now we have to bring down all of our greatest Mister Universes from from other planets, and basically he cuts a deal where he's like, look, leave us alone. You can have my assistant, and and that's kind of where it ends the, i would say it really ends just out of nowhere so it, it's like it, like it, it ends because the time was almost up on the runtime of the show because <laughs> because the uh yeah because the idea is like oh you, uh, uh, he says this our promoter is like ah i promised that you would win but i didn't we didn't agree on what the prize would be and again i love the idea that like it's like this is an involuntary trip to Greece yeah. with this horrible, hideous man. It's just like, what are you even talking about? Like, yeah. everyone has to go to Greece with this man now. And Al is like, oh, you beat me. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's one of those things where it's like, man, you really could have fleshed this out if we didn't spend what felt like a solid 15 minutes just watching three different puppets sing songs. But like <laughs> full songs by these puppets. Like, yeah, it's way too much time. And then, yeah, and that, that postscript at the end 
is back at the bar. It's back so at the bar. So then Al is like, I'm going to bring more Mr. Universes and we're going to have a true like universe competition. And then it cuts back to the bar and it was like, oh, but then he decided to marry my assistant and it all worked out. Yeah, it all worked out. And, was like, and that's like when the, the most anticlimactic ending ever. The bartender has a line that I wrote down where he says, that story was the most unbelievable pile of a number between one and three I've ever <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the way to get around saying that that's bullshit on primetime television is impressive. That is a very long winded way to get there. Um, I he also, that, I'm sorry. Well, the, I, another line that I loved in this at the very beginning, yeah. when the when he's first starting to tell the bartender this story, our promoter guy, um, he talks about the setup, you know, of it, and he's like, "Oh, that sounds tough." And he goes, "Oh, you don't understand. I've only played you the overture." The clarinets are still cold. Oh, as a way to talk about more to come in the story, and I was like, "That's a great line." Like that might be the best line in the whole in the whole uh, episode. I've oh, never heard that before. I love that line. Not even up to competition. That's the best line in the whole episode. <laughs> um, so I knew that there had to be a twist. I knew that this wasn't just going to be like the end of the story. Obvious. I did. You have any prediction on what you thought the twist ending was going to be? Because I had written down what I thought it was, and I was very wrong. I did not have any prediction. I mostly just watched this whole thing with my jaw on the floor, not <laughs> knowing what was happening to me. So I thought perhaps that this was going to end similarly to a Twilight Zone episode called uh, Will the Real Martian Please Stand Up? Are you familiar with this episode? Um, I'm not sure that I am. So the premise of this episode is that there is a bus that, uh, hits a bunch of snow. The bridge is out, so they go into this little shack, like this little like burger joint type shack, to mm-hmm. stay warm until they can figure out if it's safe for them to cross the bridge. And uh, some police officers come by saying that there was an alien spaceship that had crashed, and depict pitches the idea of like one of you could be an alien, and the bus driver checks his his like you know, uh, sign up sheet or whatever. And he's like, Oh, we only had seven people on the bus. There's eight people here. Mm. And it's, you know, a bunch of deceit happening. And meanwhile, right, like right, the right. guy in the, the guy in the restaurant is just like dealing with the craziness that's happening at the very end. They are like, Hey, the bridge is safe to cross. They go to cross bridge collapses. Everybody dies except for one person on the bus who comes back to the shack Mm. reveals himself to be the alien, but then the diner owner reveals himself to also be an alien who was a bounty hunter who was sent there because he knew that this alien was here causing issues or whatever. I thought for sure, I'm like, oh, this bartender is going to be an alien. Like they're going to reveal that this bartender (laughs) is like in on it. And he's like finding out the story of how this guy swindled the cabbage man. And then, you know, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. We don't get that. Instead, no, we get instead we get the evidence being this postcard from the honeymoon, which has a talking postcard, a la like Harry Potter, a la Harry Potter, which has what I can only describe as a very subtle oral sex joke, where <laughs> where Lorraine yeah. Newman is talking about how much she loves hanging out with the Cabbage Man, yeah. how there's not a lot of food that she likes on the honeymoon but that she's always been a vegetarian anyway. And then like starts to like rub the cabbage man. And I was like, Oh God. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And then it's just them like hanging out in dimension 49. Yeah. 
which is where they live, which also reminds me of another line. I think it was the best, the biggest laugh I had in the entire episode. And it's funny because it wasn't Alice line at all. It was the, the uh, promoter guy where um, Cabbage Man abducts his assistant and then vanishes to Dimension 49. And one of the other people is like, he took your assistant. What are you going to do? And he's like, well, what can I do? But dock her pay while she's gone. <laughs> Well, he also, he goes, I sent her to Dimension 49. He goes, oh, what? She's not good enough for 50. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. We're superhero stuff you should know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know. All right. So come on down to... Su- Wait, why did I say come on down? To superhero stuff you should know. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Yeah, this was this was a wild artifact. I did kind of sit there and think like, you know what? If, if, if Hulu or HBO Max or... Netflix, if one of them bought up the rights for Amazing Stories and dropped the whole run of this show on their streaming site, yeah, right. I'd sit down and watch it. I'd be curious because this wasn't be, a bad I mean, time. Again, especially running down these directors and all the people who wrote this stuff, like it's fascinating to see how how much uh, like some real talent behind these. It's, I mean. You know, I, I'm gonna be honest. I did not know it was Toby Hooper who made this until it ended, and it was the first name that popped up in the credits, and it was like directed by Toby Hooper. And I just went, "What? I what see, are you talking I about?" It, I my ability to read backwards, I picked up right away when it said directed <laughs> by. I'm like, "Yo, does that say Toby Hooper?" And then I had to check very quickly on Wiki because I was like, "That is insane." I actually I texted the horror movie night group chat, and I said. He said, for weird algorithm, I'm watching one of the strangest things I've ever seen. It's an episode of Amazing Stories directed by Tooby Hooper, where Weird Al plays an alien made of cabbage looking to sue a beauty pageant over the name Miss Universe since his planet (laughs) already hosted a similar contest and owns the copyrights. I feel like Toby Hooper and Cabbage collaborated on the script writing. Yeah, um, seriously. To which Kyle from the podcast wrote back, you're an anomaly of a man. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is It is definitely, again, 
search it out. It's definitely something that's worth watching at least once. It's super weird. I mean, <laughs> I, I did see, apparently, this is the first time Toby Hooper ever directed an episode of television. Ooh. So that's an interesting little factoid for people. And now this is another big question. Is this Al's first acting role? It might be, actually. I mean, I don't think we have anything that predates this of him playing a part. Like, we've talked about the complete Al, which he's yeah, sort of he acting in that, playing, but he's playing himself. Yeah, where he wasn't playing a version of himself. So let's see. I think this might be the first time he plays a character that is yep, not... That is that is correct. I just checked his wiki there you page. Go. This was the first thing that's listed as an actual acting role. Then it's like a couple things where it's like he plays himself in tape heads. He plays himself in Naked yeah. Gun. Sure. Um, and then, you know, UHF. Which are varying um, degrees of like cameo to just, again, him looking like how we've always see Al. So um, this is him in costume, like almost unrecognizable amount of costume uh, in this. Uh, his voice is the thing you can really recognize the most um, in him playing this role. But uh, yeah, I mean, for that reason alone, I think you need to seek this out and, and watch it however you have to. But I have to say, I mean, considering that this is Al and Toby Hooper... It's extremely weird. I wish it was a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It's, it's not that good. Um, even for people who are fans of the insane, it's it's pretty. Uh, uh, it's not quite weird enough. It doesn't go all in on the, the the strangeness in the way that I would like it to. It's just like a little bit too in the middle, and then it ends so um, unimpressively. Uh, it really feels like there was a whole like another 10, 15 minutes they needed to shoot. They were like, ah, we're out of time. Just end it. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. And I do think that this draws an important distinction that we'll need to to kind of hammer in, which is mm. that we are about to hit a period now where it's, you know, we still have some Al TVs and obviously we've got UHF uh, on the horizon, but we're going to be getting a lot of these like tape heads, Naked Gun, Naked Gun yeah. 2, where we're talking like, five to ten seconds of cameo which like i'm not willing to dedicate an entire episode to us watching naked gun to talk about that one cameo yeah where he gets off the plane and waves yeah so what we may have to do is i'll i'll do my due diligence to literally see if we can do just like maybe maybe in a few months an episode that's just like the many movie cameos of weird al yankovic where we just talk about these very quick one-off jokes uh Al's movie cameos 1989 to 1995 yeah, or something, something like that, like that. Yeah. Can, yeah because yeah. it's like i'm not gonna obviously like we'll just review the song spy heart in its music video there's no reason sure for us to that be like exists, oh, spy spy heart. Heart. like <laughs> like so al doesn't pop up uh, other than the opening credits thing he's not in that movie right no not at is. all yeah, yeah, yeah that's what okay. i mean so uh, yeah. i'll i'll comb through all of these but then I mean, we're going to get to stuff soon in like 94. He's a guest on Space Goes Coast to Coast where it's like, oh, we're just going to watch that episode. Oh, yeah. That's just an interview with some things where there's enough. And (laughs) and like this, this is him playing a character and he has a lot of lines. And it's a it's a I I think this was absolutely worth, uh, you know, taking the deep dive on. But, yeah, we're going to we're going to curate our decision making as Al as Al's. Uh, permeation of all things pop culture it gets just bigger and bigger as these years go on because he just starts to pop up everywhere yeah it's crazy so that is that's a little sneak peek on what you can expect in the future but starting next week we are going all in on even worse even worse
Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! Alright, so come on down to wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. <laughs> 